Hi everyone, welcome to Girl Code. Hello everybody, welcome back. We have a very exciting guest on today. We have Tara Electra, who if you haven't heard of her before, she is, she's an American gal and an extremely successful businesswoman. Uh, she owns Unruly Agency, which is like a talent marketing agency based in LA. You may have heard of some of her talent like Tana Mojo, Abby Rayo, Summer Ray. I think she said she has like over... 180 talent. She's got a lot of talent. Yeah, she's a very busy girl, super successful. In the episode, we discuss her journey, how she got to where she was today, her setbacks, highs, lows, advice for women in business. We also dive deep into her manifestation practices, which is something we find really interesting about her. She has manifested some crazy stuff over her life, which we touch on a lot in this podcast. And interestingly enough, is also like a love romance she manifested, which is like a crazy story. Also, we did get some LAT about what goes on behind the scenes at parties. Because we have been dying to know. Um, and we also know you guys want to know. Yeah, we wanted the tea. <laughs> so she's very well connected in the industry. So this was the perfect person to ask for the goss. So stay tuned to the end for the tea. Also, this was a 6.30 a.m. recording. I haven't <laughs> even finished my morning coffee yet. And that's just never a good sign. No, but what we will say is now we must simply must go to L.A. because Oh, we're going to L.A. We to do these interviews in person because we are not doing another 6.30 a.m. record and that is that. Enjoy the episode. Enjoy the episode. <laughs> Bye. Hey, Tara. Thank you so much for coming on. Uh, I think we're just going to jump straight into it. So, Unruly, explain to us your career, what you're doing now and how you kind of got to where you are as such a successful businesswoman. Amazing. Yeah. Well, thank you so much for having me. Um, so I've been in the influencer space for over 10 years. So I've been helping talent online for a long time, figuring out how to monetize them and help them. Um, so I kind of was in this space for a while and then worked with talent in every single possible way you can imagine them to make money. I've probably been a part of. Um, so I really learned every aspect of social media and making money and how to help the creators. And then um, at some point, I kind of came to a place where I realized that a lot of the talent have tons and tons of fans. But one of the biggest pieces was people thought that if you had a million followers, you were making a million dollars. And there were so many huge social media influencers that were not making much money or were living like brand deal to brand deal. So instead of paycheck to paycheck, it's like brand deal to brand deal and they're waiting for their next brand deal. And so um, I, I quickly realized that you can monetize their own fans by creating ways for them to be on different paywall platforms. So like connecting with their fans and their fans paying to talk to them and a plethora of other ways, um, like putting ads in between their content. And so helping them monetize what they're already doing was where Unruly was like birthed and started really growing the way creators can make money online. And then, yeah, it did, it blew up online and it did really well during COVID because I think, you know, no one was really paying for influencers to do brand deals at that time. So everyone was kind of freaking out on how to make money. And that's when we just exploded on the internet. So it was fun. I do want to take it back to the start of your journey. We've listened to some of your episodes, Billion Dollar Baby, love, and something really interesting about you, we think, is your money manifestation journey. And we'd love for 
you tell our listeners how manifestation has affected your career and helped you get to where you are? Yeah. Yeah. I feel like it's like the main, I like would say that's the only reason I got to where I was. Obviously, like my, my dad was a very hard worker, so I saw that growing up. So I had it in me. But if it wasn't for me learning about like law of attraction and manifesting, I don't, I don't believe that I would be where I am today. Yeah, so I just remember I was like heartbroken at one point about this guy when I was younger and must have been about like 19 or so or 18. Um, And I was like, poor me, like depressed, thinking the world is against me. And then one day my sister was like, oh, yeah, this one of my friends showed me uh, The Secret, the movie. It's a book, too. And I was like, what is that? And, and she was like, yeah, he was, ta- he watched it and he told me he like manifests the best parking spots everywhere he goes. And I'm like, what? I'm like, okay, what's this? So then I had her play it for me and I ended up watching it. And then I was like, oh my God, I'm doing this to me. I'm like saying like my life sucks. Like I'm being a victim and I'm creating this whole world. <laughs> and I was like, oh my God, well, why, why is the world not telling us this? Why aren't they sharing this more? Like, why is this hidden from us? And so I started trying to manifest little things. And and at that time, I wanted to manifest money. And I was very limited on my mindset around money. So I could only imagine 20s, like $20 bills in my hand, even though I wanted to imagine hundreds. I was like, I'll start with 20s. And then, um, so I imagined a lot of 20s. And then I got invited to a party that weekend. It was probably like a week into imagining it. And then I went to a party that weekend and... I left my jacket and they were like renting this Airbnb for the party. And I left my jacket there and I called one of my friends and I was like, Hey, I left my jacket there last night. And they're like, I'll tell the owner of the house to leave it outside. And then I went and picked it up. And then when I got home and I put the jacket back on, I pulled out a wad of twenties out of the pocket of the jacket. So it was like, Oh my God. And then I started like, and then I was like, this is crazy. So then I just started really trying to manifest more things and being like, okay, And so from there, I've manifested some crazy stuff. But I think what I always do now is with when it comes to money, it's like a relationship. And if you need a guy in your life or you need a girl in your life, it's like the quickest way to push them away. It's like unattractive. So I look at it as a relationship. Like, am I being needy with money or am I like so scared for it to leave? Because then my energy is not in an equal give and take with the money. So I tried to be like, okay, if I'm feeling lackful and still it comes up to this day, but I tried to change it and like focus again on being abundant and being like money comes to me easily. Um, and then another cool feeling that I recently have unlocked is, um, the moment you could realize that you actually don't need anything in your life. That's when you're allowing everything in your life because you no longer are resisting anything coming in. So I try to get to a place every day where I'm like, I don't actually need anything. What are your kind of like tangible methods at the moment? Like what's your manifestation routine looking like? Yeah, I used to, every morning I was journaling, but then my sister also does it a lot. So me and her like hold each other accountable every morning and we live together. But like, so she always journaled and got and didn't stop like writing positive things to herself. Like she put herself in the place of having it now and journaling how it feels and all that stuff. And for some reason it wasn't like working for me. And then, so she's like, she's like, well then try something else. So then I tried talking to myself 
and that works. So every morning I'll play music, like positive music, and then I'll say to myself, like, um, say there's a problem with me at work. I'm like, this situation is going to be handled so perfectly. I'm so excited. The perfect things are going to fall into place. It's going to be so cool. I already know I'm going to be like, oh, thank God this happened. So I like, imagine myself feeling it. I'm like talking myself through it. And I usually go on a walk and then listen to positive music. And then until I get in like a really good energy place is when I'm like, okay, I've completed it. And I've and I allow myself to be like, okay, I'm done. And it really does help your full day. Like I can see like less problems happen in the day, more things work out for me, more things are aligned. Um, and then I downloaded this app that allows you to like, it puts your calendar and you can mark the calendar, like basically like a check mark. It really just highlights the day to say if you did it or not. So you can see how many days that month you, you did it, which makes you more accountable and motivated to want to keep doing it rather than just being like, how many times have I done it? I don't know, you know? I mean that every day now. Yeah. <laughs> hot, hot girl manifestation walks yeah. are in. Mm-hmm. I remember you actually told a story, which I loved. I think it was one of the first episodes of your own podcast and you were speaking about how you manifested a guy. Yeah. Are you able to share that with everyone? Because Ooh. I think they'll love it. So I made a manifesting, a manifest movie, they call it. And that basically, instead of like a vision board on your wall, you, you get a bunch of photos on the internet and you put it into an album and then you watch it every day and it plays music over it. And so I made my own manifestation movie that I watched every day. And when I was just like, I Googled all the things I wanted and then I Googled hot guy and I literally just picked a random guy that came up on images on Google and I'm like, oh, this guy's hot. And then I put him in. And then um, I probably watched that for like a month and I didn't even keep going for years. I wish I did. I probably would have gotten even more from the movie. But um, then fast forward a year, I was out with my friends and I drank a lot that night. So I lost my phone. But supposedly I gave my number to some guy. And then literally the next day, um, I was like, oh shoot, I need to get another phone. And then I had someone text me once I got my phone. And he's like, hey, I know you didn't reply to the last one, but I still love to hang out sometime. I'm like, who is this? And then I knew at that time I wanted a hot guy I was attracted to that also believed in law of attraction. So that's what I imagined. And then on our first date, um, like literally like the first question he asked me is, do you believe in law of attraction? And I was like, oh my God. So I already thought in that moment, like, wow, I manifested a guy that believed in law of attraction. So I was like, oh, so cool. So we dated for like about six months, but there was other things missing in the relationship that weren't as fulfilling. He was really good looking, still to this day, the best looking guy I've ever dated. But <laughs> But like, then um, fast forward, I, I was going to give away my iPad to my little sister and I was deleting all the photos and I went into that album was removing stuff and then it was literally him. And I was like, oh my God, it's him. And I never looked at the photo since then. So I didn't put two and two together. And then I was like, oh my God. But then I was like, okay, well, what? why would the universe do that to me? Because this is so random. Like I didn't know him. We had no mutual friends. And then I was like, so what I realize now is that the universe will bring you exactly what you want, but you don't always know what is the best thing for you. So like, I thought oh, I want this specific guy, him, cause I'm looking at his face and I want him to believe in law of attraction. But like, I didn't really like, how do I know that this person is right for me in all the other areas I'm looking for? So what's better to do now, I realized is say, 
you know, I want a guy that has these qualities, but you don't have to be like, it needs to be Ryan, for an example. That's the only person I'll be happy with, you know? Because yeah. then it's like, okay, the universe might bring him into your life, but you might not be happy with him, you know? Um, so yeah, it was wild. That is such an insane story. That is crazy. Did you ever tell him? Does he know that he was... <laughs> Maybe one day I'll tell him. I still have never told him. He has a girlfriend now, so it's like kind of oh, awkward. Okay. He'd be like, hey, by the way, I manifested you. I think I'd almost be like a bit like flattered. I'm like, oh, yeah. so you think I'm hot? You think I'm the hot guy of your dreams? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, the world is like so magical though. It's crazy when you start to realize this stuff and then you're like, it's all about like you realize that the world is like a big game and it's like how you want to play it and how, and it's all about getting yourself into the right headspace and then playing the game how you want it to work out for you, which is wild. It's actually such a good way of looking at it. We had another guest like a few years ago and mm. she said a similar thing. She said, I just look at life as like a video game. And it really stuck because it's so true. Like, what are we even doing? I'm interested because obviously you're so successful at such a young age. I would love to know, did you have any struggles when you first started your business? Like highs and low points? Well, so I grew up in LA, but like I grew up in the Valley. So I was probably like 30, 40 minutes away from like Hollywood, West Hollywood area. Um, But I like, I tell this whole story on an episode that I'm releasing soon, but like basically I coming into this space and trying to work in social media was obviously at that time, not as like, no, not many people were doing it. So it was weird, but I, I knew I wanted to work in social media and I was so fascinated by social media and trying to figure out how you can make money on it. Um, and it was when influencers were like, were just becoming like, people were still asking at that time, what is an influencer? Like that's where, when it was. And so, um, I begged, uh, this guy to be his assistant and he worked with one influencer at that time. So I was like, Oh, I can work for him and figure out this world. And so what I realized really quickly with coming into business is that I always worked with men and always, they always say like, Oh, it's hard to be a female in business. And I never really realized that until now. I think at that time I was like, no, it's fine. But I never really understood how it was hard because now I, looking back, I realized a lot of people, guys, um, didn't value me initially, you know? And so I was like screwed over and paid less because of it. Like I always had to overly like prove my value. And so there was such crazy things I did that were so amazing for different people I worked with. Um, but they just didn't ever really understand the, like didn't pay me what I was worth or treat me in the way I was worth and kind of took from me or screwed me over. So I was screwed over a lot of times, like so many times in business. I literally have videos that I filmed like back in the day um, where I like cried on camera and I'm like, will it ever get better? And I'm like to myself in the future being like, you know, cause I just like tried so many different businesses with different partners and then the partner would screw me over. And like, um, so yeah, I did a lot of like cool campaigns with like Lyft app and Insomniac, which was all their like EDC festivals and Rolling Loud and a bunch of music festivals around the world. And I worked with people that ended up screwing me out of the opportunities and trying to take my talent to like go to them instead. And like, just had a lot of things. And I think um, that's when I realized like being a female in business, people aren't always going to 
like, especially if you're nice, I've been learning I'm way too nice, which is like, it's funny because I feel like for girls, like we like that, but like guys, when you're nice in business, they could take advantage of that. Um, so I've realized that a lot that like, I really had to prove my value a lot more than maybe most men. Um, but, but now I'm always like at the end of the day, like we females are so powerful and it's all about you utilizing your power in the right way so like yes okay you know maybe it's a little easier for a guy to be taken seriously right off the bat but it's way easier for girls to open doors than guys so i was like i could open way more doors as a female in business because people guys had their guard down because i'm a girl so I started to realize that I'm like, well, I can get in most of the rooms. Yeah. So all about just like working and showing my value. And then every time I fail and get screwed over because you just do, um, it's just like knowing that all those things are like learning lessons to the next thing. And like a thing I always say is like, I'll never fail because I'll never quit. As long as you never quit, you never fail. And so that's the only time you'll ever fail. So that's what gives me like relief. Sometimes I'm like, oh my God, I'm taking on this huge thing. How am I going to do it? And then I'm like, oh, I'm just never going to quit. And then I'll figure it out. You know, That is such a good takeaway. That is such a good key piece of business advice, I think, because if someone's starting a business, there's so many challenges at the start, right? So if you never quit, you never fail. I love that. Yeah. Yeah. What about career highlights so far? So you've had your challenges. What do you think is you're most proud of or like the coolest thing even that you've done so far and really was obviously my coolest thing it was like the moment everything aligned and there was this quote I think uh Oprah Winfrey said she's like there's no such thing as luck it's when preparation meets opportunity and so I felt like all the situations I went through getting screwed over I started like you don't even know how many LLCs and businesses I created before unreally and so just getting had so many failures to the point where I was literally like, maybe I just need to get a job like a regular person. <laughs> like maybe I need to go get a job. Like that was like where I was at. Um, so I was literally at the brink of wanting to quit after, you know, years of dedicating myself to trying to create a business in this space. Um, and so I think that when unruly came together, it was like when the preparation met an opportunity and I was ready for all the things that I failed on previously and all the things I learned, I could build this in the right way based off all those teachings to really be something huge. And so that was definitely the bit most impactful moment of my life where I was like, holy shit. And what was really cool is once Unreally started blowing up and we started signing all these influencers and we started getting known, I. I just remember one point I like finally got a place that I loved because I didn't look the, like the places I lived before. And I finally got the place I loved. I had all my friends over, which I always envisioned one day happening. And it was cool because one day they were all over and I was like going um, upstairs to my room for a second to grab something. And I just had like, a, it hit me in that moment. I'm like, oh my gosh, all the times that I like doubted myself, cried, thought I would, could, would fail. I still with that in me was able to keep working on just getting in a better place and I still made it because I think when you're like manifesting and trying to be positive 
you you assume that you can never feel negative because then you're attracting bad stuff. But it's really about, okay, you can be in that place, but are you going to get up the next day and put your foot forward and do it again, right? And so, yeah, I feel like Unruly was definitely like my biggest accomplishment. Also, like um, doing the first festival I did before that was a big accomplishment for me because it was the first time I was able to do something on my own and really show my value. And so I, um, what, after working for that guy as an assistant, I bet I pitched myself to work at and work for Insomniac. I didn't literally get hired as an employee. I opened my own LLC called Electric Mind, and I told them let me um, put together campaigns with influencers on social media to promote EDC. And at that time, they were thirty thousand dollars lower in ticket sales, so they or thirty thousand tickets down, like they were down 30,000 tickets so they weren't close to selling out and it was towards getting closer to the event and so um they literally paid me like nothing like it's laughable I don't even know what I would have been paid minimum wage because I got paid like a thousand dollars and I worked for like full time for like two months but I didn't care at that time I was just like I don't care I want to prove that I'm worthy to put something crazy together because it's the biggest events company in the world and so I put together um, I got them, I got them 700 million story views in 72 hours on the internet. Wow. Oh my God. So talent. Yeah. And then it went viral on the internet because, um, one of the girls, one of the influencers invited Bella Thorne. And then that was when she was dating Scott Disick at the time. And so that went viral in the press and all these other influencers were there. So then I got hired for all their festivals, but still I didn't put myself in a place that I was valuable enough then to say, no, this is my worth. This is what I need. So it was very hard for me to grow how much I was supposed to earn doing these things. So it was a good experience for me to see what I was capable of. So that really started me to be like, okay, I am able to do some crazy stuff. And then it was just figuring out like, how do I make this a business? What should I be doing? And uh, from there. Wow. You have had such like a, a journey a journey yeah what you said about oprah the preparation i love that that was mm. all your preparation yeah so cool yeah when did you start <laughs> seeing the most growth with unruly so you see growth straight away was it just like or was it a bit more of a slow burner no it was straight away which was crazy wow. um yeah it was like the first girl we took on she didn't even have she had like 100k followers and we made her 30 grand in the first month and we were like, oh shoot, there's something here. And then we were like, so we just started signing bigger talent, bigger talent and making them way more, way more. And it just started going so quickly. Um, I already had so much talent from doing, helping with uh, Lifted a campaign to download Lyft and get $20 off your first ride using influencers. And I did that with the guy I was an assistant for. Um, so I helped set up the whole program and campaigns for that. And I met a lot of talent through there and I'd help him get a lot of talent. And then going to Insomniac, I met even more talent by getting more talent to come to the event. So I had so much talent by that point that I knew. So when I had Unruly and we had this concept of how we can monetize, I just like opened up my Rolodex and was like, okay, so calling literally everyone and just going crazy, which was really cool because there was a time we... We got 
we had some like billionaire guy be like, you guys can take my house in Bel Air, like just bring all the girls over. So we had this crazy house where he did photo shoots, all the girls came, all the influencers. And then we had like randomly like St. John came, Bia came. We had like all these like celebrities, like um, P Diddy's son came. We just had all these people coming by the house wanting to meet with us and figure out what we're doing and work with us. And it was, it was a really cool time because it's like surreal. I felt like I was living in a dream. Um, and then it's just like the amount of people that were like hitting us up, offering us equity of their companies, wanting to work with us was a really cool feeling. Um, but I feel like right when I hit that moment, all I wanted to do was work harder because at the same time we had just the, like the entire like entertainment industry coming after our spot. We just had competitors coming up every single day trying to poach our people or do what we're doing. So then we had to just work even harder. Um, so yeah, now it's been almost four years. It'll be four years in January, so it's crazy. What do you think makes Unruly different to the other people who are now trying to come for your position? What do you think is like your differentiating quality? Well, I think the main thing is just who we are and like who we, how we show up with talent. I just think most of the people that have came out in the space are men and not to say that that really matters. I'm not like a feminist type of person. I obviously love females and I empower them all the time, but it's not like I don't, I hate on men. It's just a different way of treating talent when you're a female. This comes from a very like caring place because um, I truly like care more about them than the money which sometimes my CFO gets mad at me for. But like, I like really genuinely want to see them grow, not just for the thing we're making money with them today on, but like for the future. So we are always like helping shape the future of where they're heading. And so a lot of the people in the space, they're just trying to make quick money off them. And it's like pump and dumps to the next talent and the next one. Um, whereas we're really, really selective with who we sign and we actually, um, go through a huge approval process to decide if we want to sign someone because we do, we are so hands-on with them once we sign them. I actually heard in one of your interviews that you had over 200,000 submissions for people trying to join Unruly. Oh, (laughs) that is a lot of people. Wow. How many, how many, um, talent do you manage Uh, or like look after? It's close. It's probably like 180. Yeah. You must be busy. We have a lot of employees too. We have a ton of people that work. Um, so we have like 200 employees that work with us. It's a lot of people. Wow. Yeah. How do you manage? Because that is just so many people that you have to be managing and on top of and you also have a podcast how do you manage everything that you do yeah (laughs) are you okay you're like I cry (laughs) oh my god yeah it's it's funny because I've been wanting to do a podcast for years and I was like I don't have time um but then I was just like I really wanted to do it because I love connecting with people um and I love like inspiring people to like start their own business or start their own thing or like not settle for something they're not happy with in their life Um, So I always knew I wanted to do it, but it really did hold me back for years because I was so busy. Um, But yeah, it is really hard because it is at the end of the day, it's a service business and anything that's a service business is way harder than like a tech platform or 
anything that's like a tangible product, like they're buying the product and you're shipping it. But when it's service, it's all people's emotions and feelings and everyone wants something different in a different way in a different management style. And then there's also people on the employee side and people on the talent side. So it's people with people. So I'm dealing with managing people on both sides. So it's a lot. Sometimes I'll get home and I'm just like drained from seeing so many people, you know? So that is a lot. Yeah. It's not easy. But I do have a lot of executives and people that help me. What would a typical day in the life for you look like? Maybe like a Wednesday, you know? Yeah. Walk us through your day from morning to finish. Yeah, so like I wake up and I do my morning like routine. So I take my vitamins. I've been taking my vitamins. I went to a holistic doctor, told me exactly what things I'm missing in my diet, took my vitamins. And then I do, I get myself into like a good headspace. I always go on a walk and then talk, talk through like different things that I want to align with and manifest in my life and get myself to a good place. And then once I feel good, then I get ready, I go to the office. Um, and then it's always different. My schedule is different depending on the day, but like sometimes I'm talking to different talent we manage or I'm talking to new talent that want to sign or I'm talking to different um, companies that want to work with our talent or learning new ways to monetize talent or building new departments within our company to help the creators. Um, so just depending on what is our initiative is what I'm working on that day. And then we have like large team meetings and we go over every department and what, what, where talent's at, how much talent's making, what things we need to be focusing on. Um, and then sometimes I don't get home until like 9, 10 PM, sometimes 11. So there are days I work like long, long days. Um, and then I do it again. <laughs> and then, so it is hard because I got to a point where it did get lonely because it's, I was pouring so much of myself into work. And so there definitely is like such thing as burnout. And I did start to have anxiety and like I had my first panic attack like about almost a year and a half ago. And so I definitely, and I didn't take a vacation for three years because I was just like, we have to keep going. Um, so I finally took a vacation to go see like my family in England and I haven't had a panic attack since. So I was like, wow, I really needed to take a moment, but, but yeah, so it's not, it's not the best thing. I don't think it's that it'd be hard for me to start over. Like if someone's like, okay, do you want to start all over again? I'd be like, I don't know if I can, you know? Um, but at the end of the day, I always say that like, I clearly love it because I always get up and want to go back and do it again. It's not like I'm like, oh, I need to get out of this. So I am like addicted to it and I keep wanting to get up and I find my fulfillment through like giving back to people and helping people know their value and like see, you know, see where they can go in their life, whether it's an employee or it's a creator. So I get so much fulfillment from those things, even though, um, it's it's crazy. Like if anyone could see shit that goes on, it's like a movie. <laughs> the thing that I but I'm like, I, I keep saying I'm like resilient now. That's like the word I keep using. But like whoever, it doesn't matter what happens, I keep getting I'm better and then I keep making it through all the hard times. So 
having a business is not easy though. online people make it out to be like super glamorous and then you talk to like we've spoken to so many business owners and they're like it's so hard alive barely breathing yeah yeah it's crazy because like people say oh if you're your own business person you have if you own your own business or you start your own business you have so much more freedom to do whatever you want but at the what it's kind of not true unless you're like really at the level where like your business is being ran for you it's really hard to get to that place that people will run it the way you would run it and so if anything you work way more than everyone else like your whole life is your business like on the weekends if something happens you're dealing with it right like whereas people that work for you they kind of like are out and they're like okay I'm out right now I'll see you on Monday you know um so it's a different feeling when it's your own thing. You don't stop working. So yeah, that's the hard part. What would you say your like, let's say top three points for someone who's starting out in their career? Like what's your biggest advice that you could give? I always say, well, if you're gonna go on your own and start your own business, I always say that you have to be your own boss. And so you have to get yourself up at a certain time and schedule your day and be accountable for the things you need to get done that day because no one else is going to do it for you. And if you can't do that, then you shouldn't be your own boss, you know? And so I kept always saying that to myself when I was starting my own business, that like, I need to hold myself accountable. Otherwise, I'm not going to be able to do this. And so that's my biggest advice if you're starting your own thing is like, it's all about getting yourself into a good place to be efficient when you start working. So like waking up at a good time, exercising, and then starting your day and then knowing exactly what you're gonna get done that day. And then literally making a list of all the things you need to do. Um, and maybe there's like a high level list and then there's like steps to get to those goals and then starting with the little goals and then putting that on a sheet and then watching yourself actually like move those things to the executed list because that fulfills you with knowing that you get things done which encourages you to get more done. And so that's what I would say for someone that's like needs to be self-motivated to start their own thing. Um, and then if you're working for someone else, it doesn't matter like what position you're in. I think my biggest learning lesson was being an assistant for someone. I learned so much because I didn't care that I was an assistant. All I did was learn every single thing I could learn. So I learned how to project manage and make pitch decks. And like I Googled all this stuff on my spare time. And so I think that I see it a lot in different companies and different people I meet that they're kind of just like getting by at their job and they're not really fulfilled. And yeah, you might not be fulfilled at your job or feel like you want to do this forever, but every single thing you're doing right now is shaping you and teaching you for the future. So how you show up is going to affect all your future things, no matter if it's someone you work for. And so showing up and actually like learning how to be better in work and in your career within a company is going to help you not only if you want to stay in that company, grow to higher and higher levels, but if you want to leave, you've now gained so much information and so much of what to do within a corporation, which is kind of like a safety net for you because you can try different things, learn different things, be proactive on certain projects get things done in a certain deadline and, and, and shine in those ways while someone else is paying for it, you know? Whereas if you're doing it by yourself, 
it's like figuring it all out on your own money and trying to pay for your own rent and get make your own money it's really hard um so i would always say like definitely work under someone that is doing things correctly and that you want to learn from and be like hungry to learn you know and not just be like complacent just because you don't like that and you don't want to be there forever you work with a lot of creators what yeah. about people yeah who want to get into this space or maybe are in the space but are a bit like i would say very similar like i would say that like it's very similar to starting a business like creators are a business um so it's like and most of them you know you have to open an llc and like literally create an llc to start making money from brands when people pay you so you can you're now your own business so you literally are a business so it's the same thing of like structuring your days and waking up at a certain time getting yourself into a good place because when you make your content and how you show up for your content is felt through the content for the viewers and if you're not in a good high energy or good place where you believe what you're talking about it's felt on the other side and so getting yourself in a good mental state and then speaking in a very authentic way. I think authenticity is becoming so powerful now because people are sick of seeing people be perfect um, online. So I've really noticed that shift is like the creators that are doing the best are the most authentic about their struggles and their highs and lows. Um, but it's like the same thing. So if you have a goal of like, okay, I want to grow on TikTok then you're like, okay, well, what do I need to grow? And then you come up with all the, so that's your big goal, but then you start to come up with all the steps to get there and you make them into smaller and smaller steps. So like, you know that you need to post more, then you know that you're like, okay, if I need to post more, then I need to come up with ideas. But then if I need to come up with ideas, I need to sit and schedule myself to come up with ideas. And how does that look? And then you put that into a plan every day and you start to schedule your day and then do that and start to do each step towards the goal because you're now running your own business. And so I think that a lot of people come into social media creation and think that it's so easy, but most of the creators that do well, um, they're very smart, you know? <laughs> like they're actually really good and very smart at it and like, do it to like a T, like we'll say things like, oh no, I only post videos that are, you know, at least 60 seconds or long or 65 seconds. I don't know if the exact number, but like they're very particular on what does well for their algorithm. They're studying it and they're learning it. And so when you're starting out as a creator, you have to schedule yourself and do those goals. But at the same time, every piece of content you put out, you need to be seeing why do you think this did well what do you think you could have changed and constantly tweaking things to get better and better until you learn what is doing well and then once you see a video do well why did that video do well so that you can do more videos like that or figure out ways to innovate it a little more with a twist um but just finding out what works for your audience and then keeping yourself consistent is the obviously the way, main way to do it just like a business. Out of curiosity as well, where do you think the industry is going to be in five, 10 years time? People, they're already doing studies that people are gravitating towards AI more than a human now. That's so like concerning. there's photos. Yeah, there's photos put out of like- Oh, I've seen those ones. There's like- Mixed in with AIs. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so there's like a few real people and then there's a few AIs mixed in and people are voting like which one they're more like attracted to or would gravitate to 
and majority of the time they're picking AI, which is very uncomfortable. I'm like, it's very weird. It's already hard enough. Like, now we've got AI beauty standards. I know. And then um, it scares me because I don't know how there will be originality anymore if AI can create something in two seconds, you know? Like, write me, like they were saying, you could be like, write me the biggest blockbuster film that will do well in 2024, and I can, like, write it in a second, which I'm like, that's so... It takes away all the creative process and fun of, like, being a writer. So, I don't know. So that part scares me, but I've heard some parts of it, like, saying that it could it could just elevate what you're doing so like you could be like you know write me a podcast episode for an example for you guys and then on a subject about starting your own business and then obviously you go look at it and then tweak it and make it so it's actually authentic to you so I know that a lot of people are using it like that today where they're using it for like different emails they're sending out or certain things that they want to do and they're helping it save them time to get to the next thing quicker um so they're using it as a tool but i'm not a hundred percent sure where it's gonna go in the future i do think there probably will be ai social media creators that you know fans follow and buy things from because they're proving that that's kind of a thing already which is crazy um yeah, but I'm like praying that at the end of the day, there's too many people that just want human connection and would care more about it being a human. That's what I'm praying for. But I can't really say exactly. Yeah, you know when it goes too far one way, the pendulum kind of swings yeah. back. And I feel like we're going to go so far AI that everyone will be like, I just want, I just a, want a human being. I just want a human. This is too much. Well, I hope so at least because yeah. terrifying. I know. I saw an email actually come through about... You know how they do those AI, uh, what's it called? Like a chat experience, how it's like the influencer turned into an AI and then it speaks to paying customers as them. Do you have anyone doing that currently? Because I think that is so interesting. Yeah. So everyone, there's so many companies creating that right now. Um, we've been meeting with a few of them because there are certain influencers that want to do it. I think that the only thing right now is... Um, with the whole actor strike, they're striking against people owning their likeness and being able to use right. it without them. Because once you upload yourself to an AI, like your AI can go do whatever <laughs> that is, it wants to do. That yeah, is so terrifying. Yeah, I don't know That's if crazy. I would partake. No, no one's ever asked me personally to become an AI, <laughs> but if they did, I'm not sure. But I can see its purpose and I can see how people could make a lot of money from it but yeah. also it's like at what yeah. at what cost are we going to see this you know yeah. in 10 years time is your AI gone rogue yeah. like what's, what's she up to now <laughs> exactly because you're like it, what scares me is people don't even know the difference between a real photo or an AI photo of that person so people could be like, oh, look, did you see her cheating on her boyfriend with blah, blah, blah? And that could literally not even, like, I don't understand how people are going to know the difference between the photos because they're already coming out with very realistic photos um, and videos even of the, the fake voice. AI I've character that's on not on TikTok, like, some person. voicemails, the and voice. then it's yeah. not actually the person. It's crazy to think about, yeah. Yeah, exactly. So that's kind of weird to me because I'm like, well, then how are you ever going to believe information you're seeing? So I don't, I'm, I, I know there are certain influencers that want to do it. And I do believe 
people are just going to end up doing it because it could make money for them. But it is weird to think that, you know, there's fans that want to talk to an AI knowing it's not real. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like we all know, but we, you know, yeah. We're choosing not to accept. Yeah. We're ignoring <laughs> that. Um, yeah. It's such a terrifyingly strange concept. Yeah. So interest, interested to see what's in 10 years. I'm terrified. Yeah. The world is so weird. Ever like, yeah, some of these things that are very like disruptive and I had this, um, one of like a mentor of mine tell me and he's very successful older and so he's watched the internet uh he watched the computers but then he also watched social media and then obviously crypto so he said this is going to be the most disruptive thing um it's going to be more disruptive than the internet social media and crypto combined that's what he said about ai that it's going to be more life-changing and impactful than social media, the internet, and crypto. Which crypto obviously proved that you can pay in any part of the world within a second. Um, and then social media, imagine how many jobs and things have came from social wow. media. Like the world has changed because of social media. And then the internet, the world has changed. Mm -hmm. So I'm like, it is scary. When he told me that, I was like, I want to no, throw up. That's literally how we feel. We always talk about, well, not always. That We're not an AI podcast. That sounded. <laughs> <laughs> but we've had these conversations. We just start spiraling. Yeah. Like, what is yeah. it? It's so scary. Know. You know, I guess you can use it to your advantage in so many ways. So we have to acknowledge that. But yeah. So what the fuck? I was going to jump into maybe some, you know, a little bit of spice. A lot of our listeners are... Like dating? No. Oh. I mean, we can, we totally can. Our listeners are based mainly in Australia. Not everyone, but a lot. And everyone's so curious. Like, we grew up watching American films, American TV. Like, we want to know the ghost. You're right in the LA scene, if you will. What is, like, what's an LA celebrity yeah. party like? Fill us in. What is there NDAs, no phone, security, drama, like blood sacrifice? You know what I mean? Like we <laughs> like what's going yeah, down? What the fuck? In Australia, we're thinking the worst. In Australia, we get like a cask of like yeah. goon wine, like a silver bag of wine, and just like drink that's, that that's in a circle. <laughs> it's different. It's just different. Yeah, I know. I just I just went to one over the weekend, David Dobrik's party. There were he was he was having a party at his house. He does them a lot. Um but so there was like some celebrities there. There was like the the original Spider Man was there and then um Jaden Smith. I know, very random. Jaden Smith was there, which I think Jaden's super cool. Um I don't know him personally, but I just like his music. And then um, Jay Balvin was there. And then a bunch of, those were like yeah. the celebrities. And then there was a, obviously a bunch of influencers, like all David Dobrik's friends. And I um, can't even remember. But like, I'm sure like every influencer you could think of was there. Um, so <laughs> like for that, he doesn't take your phones because he wants you to like film. Because um, I think you'd want to show like the brands that are sponsoring his Dobrik's right. Pizza and then um, it was like an album release party for J Balvin. So um, some of my friends were throwing the event. So I think that when you're in like like the, the scene of LA, like I prefer the actual house parties like that. Like I always have a good time at those things. I think the energy is like fun and I like networking and stuff like that. But I think like what I've seen for a lot of like 
creators, some of the social media creators, and just girls in general, um, maybe guys too, is that it does get exhausting by like the who's who, you know, in the party, like, because with that comes a lot of like judgment of who's who. And then, so you feel judged and then you're like wanting to be cooler. So some people all feel like they react in different ways. Some people go more quiet because they feel uncomfortable because they're like, oh, should I belong here? And some people um, try to like overprove their value or be loud and obnoxious. So not to say that this is at David's party. It wasn't like that at all because I've grown a lot and I have a lot of fun at those things because I know myself now. So I think I have fun because I know who I am. I'm confident with who I am. But I could see if you're not like maybe from here, you're new to L.A., it could be there in LA, there is a lot of insecure energies because it's all like, it's kind of a lot of like, there's a lot of competition and a lot of people trying to be successful and, you know, one up each other, do something big or so it feels like a lot of pressure. And I noticed that when I was younger in the scene. Um, so um, of course I've been to parties where they've like taken your phone and stuff like that, but Nowadays, I don't think as much unless you're going to like a really big celebrity's house that's like, you know, constantly getting too much press and they want everything to be quiet. I see that there's a lot of like influencers that are super famous that they'll give NDAs to certain girls that they date because they don't want them to tell anything about them or share any like photos from their house or things like that. So I have heard of like influencers, even some influencers having to sign NDAs for another influencer. Um, Yeah, so I've heard of that that type of stuff. And then obviously a bunch of like fake relationships or people just hanging out for growth on social media, but not being genuine friends. So it's a lot of that stuff because you'll have like different talent telling. I always like, I work with talent. So like they always tell me everything. So like I'm more of the neutral party. So I I do always hear crazy stories of like people talking about like, oh my God, I thought she was my actual friend, but then she didn't give a shit. You know, like she always just wanted to, we took so much content (laughs) together, but then I told her about the guy I liked and then she starts dating him right after. And like, there's a lot of those types of things, like a lot of them screwing each other over because they want clout and like they want to be with the next influencer guy. Um, so there is that part of it, but now that I've gotten older, I've really separated myself from that part. Like I've really found the genuine ones out here. And so a lot of people don't love LA because of that part of it. But I think it's all about, it's like with anything in life, whether you're in like high school or college, it's all about just finding your core people that are good to you, that want to see you do well. And then you could be around those other people, but you know, like where to place them in your life. You know, who's your actual friend and who's not your actual friend, who's an acquaintance that you just see out at a party, you know, and you don't let it take over you too much. Cause I see a lot of people will be like, Oh, you know, screw the LA scene or I don't want to go to that. Like it's so dumb. Like there are some people out here that are just like, want to feel like they're above it because they're just like, they're maybe don't feel welcome, but it's not about that. I think it's just about finding good people there and enjoying it for what it is and looking at the good parts of it because in LA and the reason I love it so much and that I've stayed here is because everywhere you go is an opportunity for more like 
there's no one you'll meet when you're working in social media that you can't work with in some way, whether they're like a business owner or starting a business or have a new project or a creator or there's just so there's so much networking all the time like every time I go out I meet someone else that I can do something with and so that's the beautiful part about LA and being in the scene it's it's a lot easier to grow your career out here if you don't allow those negative parts take to take over you and make you insecure and and make you fall <laughs> you know yeah right don't get too exactly. sucked in. Exactly. Don't get too sucked in. Stay, stay woke. Stay woke. Yeah. <laughs> I, I mean, it That's sounds so good. fun. I feel like we're coming to LA. I yeah. know, right? We'll come. We're booking a flight. Fine. We'll come with you to a party. <laughs> don't, don't need a bag. <laughs> you guys really should come. Oh, we're That's actually so saying this morning when the studio will like emailing about that, we'll like, should we just go to LA? We're just gonna so book, much easier. We're going to LA to do these interviews. <laughs> so much better. It's a business expense. Yeah, we'll we'll do part two in LA. Yeah. Um, what's next for you, Tara? What's next for Unruly? What's next in your personal life? Yeah, so um, I'm like six episodes into my podcast. So that's been like my baby. And I'm like, I've done it just purely because I love to do it. I haven't cared, even though I'm paying for the team to film it and all that stuff, I'm paying out of my pocket. I haven't cared to make it make money. I'm just like genuinely doing it cause I love it, which is fun. And I think a lot of things in life, if you enjoy it, you'll do better because you're actually having fun and you're not putting so much pressure on the process. Um, so that's like, for me, something I'm really trying to keep, you know, keep focusing on and building and, um, innovating in different ways that I can figure out different topics to talk about and stuff like that because I naturally love to network so it's a place that I can bring out good qualities from people and meet new people so that's a thing for me I'm going to keep focusing on and bringing in different types of people from different worlds um, and then um, for my business just really branching out into new ways to monetize online constantly like constantly looking at new businesses or platforms and building out the next thing that creators need in order to be successful because a lot of them are my friends so I get to hear about all the pains and struggles and problems they're having on a daily basis so constantly working to fix those things and make it make sense from a business standpoint to be able to offer them those things um so you know, just keep building and keep growing and um, we'll see where it really goes. But I just want it to be a hub for creators to come to and have everything they need in one place. So, yeah. That's exciting. Amazing. Yeah, well, we can't wait to watch you and cheer you on because it all sounds so exciting. Um, but I think this is a good place to leave yeah. it for today. We'll let you yeah. get back to it. Get back to your day. Busy day. But where can everyone stalk you? Yeah. So, um, so I have my podcast, Billion Dollar Baby. It's on YouTube, um, Spotify, Apple. And then my Instagram is T-A-R-U-H-H-H. So Tara. Like that? <laughs> and then my, my name's Tara Electra. So yeah, you can find me on all socials. Is that your real name? Because that's such a cool name. No. Oh. <laughs> Like as if you came out of the room with Electra. Such a cool. Did you just win the name lottery or? I know. 
Okay, well, that is it for this week's episode. We hope you guys have enjoyed it. It was great talking to Tara. I feel like she's so well-spoken. She is. She is so smart. She's so well-spoken. And I feel like there's so many questions, so many more questions uh, could have asked her. I think she is businesswoman and also she's a spiritual queen. A spiritual queen. Always appreciated over here because Maddie's an Aries. <laughs> That's exactly right. I wonder what star sign she was. Oh my god, we should, we should start asked asking that. people that. What star sign are you? See, that's random. Some people would probably you. just exit out <laughs> the interview. They're like, goodbye. I am leaving. <laughs> no, I, oh my god, we need to start. We need to ask people that. Great question. What if we're like, oh, we don't get on, and, and then it's just <laughs> like, awkward perfect. moving forward. Um, but yeah, we hope you enjoyed, and we'll see you all next week. Okay.